Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray. And folks, we are broadcasting from inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta. And if you're looking for a bank that has been voted best bank in the United States, well, I'm sitting in it. Yes, Renaissance Bank was voted best bank in the United States in a recent poll done by Forbes magazine. And if you'd like to know why that's the case, I think I can tell you because I've got experience with, with Renaissance. I think they're big enough to handle pretty much any need you can throw at them as a as a small business, medium-sized business, but they're uh small enough to do it in a personal way. And I think that's pretty key. So if you agree, I would suggest you go to renaissancebank.com, find one of their local offices and give them a call. I think you'll be glad you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Zahir Ladhani. Zahir is with Velocity Strategic Consulting. Zahir, welcome. Thank you, John. Great to be here. Hey, it's great to have you. Um, I've been looking forward to speaking with you, but let's get to the basics and talk a little bit about Velocity Strategic Consulting, how you're serving folks out there. Sure. So uh, first of all, Velocity Strategic Consulting is a company I founded, and now I have a couple of partners, Asid Panjwani and Ashley Klein, that have joined me. And um, just a little bit of my background, I teach strategy at Kennesaw State University uh, MBA program, mm. and I'm also taking on some leadership courses in the next upcoming semester. My background comes from having been a president of Salary.com within Conexa, having been head of sales with uh, AstraZeneca, having been vice president of business development at IBM. So it's a experience of a varied experience from large company to small company. Wow. And when I finished my work with IBM, I was starting to think about what should I do as the next phase in life? And uh, I called up Vern Harnish, who was a coach with Conexa at the time when we were scaling Conexa. And mm-hmm. Vern said, look, Sahir, you've used these tools. You've, you've drunk the champagne. Why don't you now teach this and coach this? So about six years ago, I started coaching companies. And then since then, Sid Panjwani joined me and Ashley Klein has joined me. And we're serving clients in... Uh, all of you in the United States and Canada, actually, who have revenue of about $10 million to up to $90 million in revenue. Of course, we have some outliers on the low end and the high end sure. from friends and family who really want some help, and, and, and we're helping them out. That's great work. It sounds like, Zahir, that the key word to your business is scale. Yes. Scaling. So let's talk about why that is. So- You know, John, there are 18 million companies in the United States. And an interesting statistic is that 96% of those companies are less than a million dollars. And only 17,000 or 18,000 companies make it to over 50 million in revenue. And so companies go through what we call valleys of death. And uh, you wonder why so many companies start up, but so few scale up. And that's the premise of the business that we're in, Mm. of helping entrepreneurs, helping CEOs scale their businesses. And one of the key reasons companies don't scale is the leadership. The leadership cannot evolve with the business. The leadership does not continuously learn or the leadership is not a good mix of group of people. 
So one of the one of the uh, biggest reasons companies don't scale is, is is the leadership. Second number reason is market dynamics, and third is a scalable infrastructure. However, I keep harping on the leadership because if you have a great leadership team, you can deal with the market. You can deal with an infrastructure and scale the infrastructure. And so that's why we spend quite a bit of time on making sure we have the right leadership team and evolving the leadership team to grow the business uh, as we go forward. This sounds like a version of we've seen the enemy and the enemy is us. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) that's what this sounds like to me. Uh, So I'm curious about just the idea of scaling in in general. I mean, how, how do I know that I want to scale my business. I mean, what what should I, what mentally should I be ready for? Because it seems to me once you decide to scale your business, there's no going back. So you better know what you're getting into, right? Exactly, exactly. So if you want to scale your business, one of the first things we ask whenever we meet a CEO who calls us and says, "Hey, I want to talk to you," is we would ask them, "Why are you scaling?" Mm-hmm. And that goes into the second question: Is why are you in business? What, what was the purpose of you either starting this business or buying this business mm. or CEOs who are working for somebody else's, why did you become a CEO? And is it, and there's a great book by Patrick Lencioni called The Motive. For anybody who's a CEO or a president out there of an organization, they should read this book called The Motive by Patrick Lencioni. And he goes into this discussion is, is becoming the head of the organization a reward of your many years of work that you think that's what I wanted to go, so it's my reward? Mm. Or is it that you're there to serve the organization? Oh, wow. It's a quite a good yeah. way to look at it from a reward perspective over service organization. Right. And the CEOs who are most successful are the ones who go in to say they're there to serve. Mm-hmm. Then they spend the time on the things that them as a CEO need to do which is making sure they have a healthy, aligned leadership team. And they are reducing the roadblocks for their leadership team to do the work they are hired to do versus the CEO trying to do their job. Um, and so that's, that's what uh, coming up and scaling are the first few questions we would ask. Yeah, sure. Um, that's fascinating because I can see how a CEO that has a um, – this is my reward mentality yes. uh, uh, has maybe some entitlement in the back of their head, even, even if it's not um, something they think they're living with, but it, and that leads to all sorts of problems. Exactly. And, and, and what tends to happen is when you're on a reward mentality, you think you can do what you want because now you're the head of the organization. Mm-hmm. So you spend time on things you like doing. Mm. Right, and you t- and it, it, as you said, it comes out un- uh, unknowingly. It yeah. just seeps out of you. Sure. So you spend time on things you like doing, versus the things you need to be doing. So if I came through a sales and marketing side, I feel I know that very well. I think I can help the organization very well. So what do I do? I spend more time with my head of sales or marketing, he or she, and, and, and I'll I won't spend enough time with the R and D person or the operations person. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, wow. So let's talk about just the keys to scaling the business. You mentioned one, which is the mentality of the CEO and and their mindset. But what are some of those other keys that that folks need to think about as they think about scaling their business? Absolutely. We work on four key premises. One is the people, the strategy, their execution, and cash. 
So with people, it is the uh, the CEO and the leadership team is, do you have a healthy, aligned leadership team? Mm. And then the next question we ask the CEO in our opening discussions is, would you enthusiastically rehire everybody on your leadership team? And the word is enthusiastically. And invariably, John, you know the answer is no. Right. Because either there is one or two people, or somebody's new, or there's a vacancy, right? And, and, and so we then don't say, let's just make the moves, but how do we coach those people and how do we move forward? Number two was strategy. Strategy, people generally think of strategy as about being the best. Well, there is a tremendous amount of literature, and I said I teach strategy at Kennesaw State University. The biggest premise of strategy is, what are the differentiated activities that you will beat your competitors on? So you're not competing on the same attributes. You're competing on different value and different attributes. So you're not competing head-on. You're actually competing differently. And then you're better than they are. And then number three is execution. Is, uh, is, your, is your organization working like a well-oiled machine? And then the third, fourth one is cash. You know, people, there's this old adage that revenue is vanity, profit is sanity, and cash is king. Mm. Right? We all look at revenue and look at what's happening to tech companies today. Revenue's up there and the profits are not there, therefore cash is not there. And the valuations have started to drop during this current period in time. Sure. And, and especially now with the current headwinds that are coming and all the talk that is out there, cash is a very, very important component of people's businesses and how we look ahead and survive. So those are the four, four components, people, strategy, execution, and cash. It sounds like cash is important to you in all phases of the cycle, though. You didn't just include cash because of the, of the big R talk, right? Sure. I mean, you, you, that's, that's an important – one of the four yes. uh, core values of, of there of strategy or of scale, I mean, um, regardless. Yes, absolutely. Cash, absolutely. Cash is king. Yes, yes. And, and, and if I were to elaborate – you know, at any point in time, a business needs cash to run its business. They, and you can get cash either through their own business, you can get equity, give equity, or you can borrow money. And through the business, for a business to uh, go and, and scale, they need to invest money into their business to scale, either for production, either for R&D, or for, for, for sales and marketing. And so cash will always be necessary. Now, with the big R word in the, in the talk about the recession, let me just take you back a little bit to the pandemic. And mm-hmm. in the pre-pandemic time, when the pandemic started, there was a lot of uh, angst around, will companies have cash? Uh, we had a lot of support and a lot of printing of the money that the government supported a lot of the companies, and we didn't have to face some of the downturns that we, ha- we could have faced as organizations. Well, my sense is, I don't think, if, if we do have a recession, I don't think there will be, or there is an appetite for more government money to come our way. Right. And so businesses are going to have to figure out how to survive this time. And there are ways a company can start looking ahead. And one of the key ways we're working with all our clients on is let's, let's develop an 18-month forward-looking projection, which everybody does. Mm-hmm. But now let's put two more scenarios to it. One is a base case. One is a 20% drop. And then the second one is let's do a worst case and do a 50% drop. And then we ask the CFO, can you do a cash flow projection for me? Then let's watch our cash going ahead. 
and predetermine if we go down each of these curves of the scenarios, we will make the following moves. So then they're not emotional moves. They're very rationally thought out moves that we can start working. And then we review that quarterly. Mm. And if the things start to get bad, we review it monthly. And if things get bad, we review it weekly. Mm-hmm. Depending on the situation, you have to review your cash flow sure. on a regular basis. So sure. we're starting to do that with all our clients now to work so that we're ahead of the curve about before we get hit with these things. So I don't want to harp on cash because you've got some, <laughs> you've got some other aspects to this. Sure. But um, what do you think the readiness is of the businesses that you work with and, and that you observe? It, it have, did the pandemic teach them to be ready for the unexpected, to be ready for things like recessions? Um, or has that lesson been forgotten? I think we're in a we're in a society that has very short memory spans, unfortunately. Um, so um, I, I think we're ready, but no, we're not ready because we're, we're flush with cash right now. A yeah. lot of businesses are flush with cash, mm. and so we're and then look at us as, as as just a society. We're out there because we've been holed up. We're spending money. Travel's gone unexpectedly high, mm-hmm. and people are taking vacations. Right? right. So I don't think businesses are ready. And so we need to bring in the fundamentals again and, and relook at them to do them. And, and interestingly, the financial uh, people in most organizations uh, uh, do a great job of looking backwards. We need them to help us start looking ahead now also and start forecasting and looking ahead to say where we're going and moving forward. So let's talk about, um, you mentioned We've talked a lot about cash. We've talked about uh, people. Um, let's talk about the uh, diving a little deeper on those two other elements: strategy, of scale, and execution. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So interestingly, John, when people bring us in or call us, they want a strategy, and we go, "Absolutely, we'll do that." But the I would rather have an organization that has an amazing execution methodology and able to execute mm-hmm. than a company that has an amazing strategy with cannot execute. Mm. Right. And so, yes, we'll start with them and start working a little bit on strategy, but we start to dig into how are they doing on their execution model. And more often than not, we need to spend quite a bit of time on helping them execute faster. Right. And execute well is, I shouldn't have used the word faster. I would mean execute well. Executing well means three key things A, you're working on the right things, the right things that are aligned to your one year, three year, and long term strategy. Number two, you're watching the right metrics. And number three, you're having faster, regular communications. And that's what execution means, right? And, and you do what you say you would do. Um, it's the question of execution to me is taking the revenue number to the profit number. If you have mm. great execution, is, that brings you to a great profitability. So mm. you don't, and then strategy is increasing the revenue number. Mm-hmm. To me, and if I were to think of it in a simplistic manner. So that's the, the execution side. Um, and in strategy is very much about knowing your market dynamics and then what are you differentiated activities that you are winning on. And a key component is what you won't be competing on. And mm-hmm. what are you, you going to beat them on and what are you not going to compete on? You have to be selective. You can't do it all. You don't have the full resources and you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And then you can win. So there's some great examples of all of those uh, that we work through with organizations to help them develop uh, their strategy as we go forward. And then the concept is that you consistently iterate the strategy. 
consistently iterate your execution, consistently iterate your people, and consistently iterate your cash position. So it's a regular iteration versus once and done and put it on the shelf. You live it day to day. So you mean in terms of, of reporting this to your team, um, having metrics around these four things? Is that what Absolutely. What's, got yes. it. Okay. Yes, yes, absolutely. And let me give you an example on, on, on the reporting part. John. Yeah. You know, I love the sports analogy. Whenever a great sports coach comes into an organization, what do they bring in? They bring a process and a methodology. Mm-hmm. And that's what we bring in. Number two, when you're playing a game, like talk about the Falcons or or, 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 or or the Braves, what if the game was being played and we only found out after the ninth in nine innings what the score was? How, would, how, how great a game would the players play if they didn't know the score until the end of it? Mm. Well, yeah. we, most of the times businesses run on getting a P&L after the end of the month. So they're playing the game, but they don't know the score until the game's <laughs> over. <laughs> right. We look backwards and say, hey, uh, you know, May was a good month. Uh-huh. I was with a CFO yesterday. Yesterday was 29th of June. I said, how's June going? He goes, well, I don't really know. I'm like, we're at the end of the month. What do you mean you don't know? Right, right. Shouldn't we know during the game how well we're doing? Mm. So we bring in a scoreboard that looks at metrics that are not just backward looking. We need to know during the game how we're doing. So what are the key leading metrics that we can tell? and put into the game that we know that when the P&L does come out, it'll be almost exact what we think it will be. So there's a leading metric versus a lagging metric. Right. And then the third aspect of this is there's a coach like we are that will come in and help you remove the blind spots. We won't play the game, but we'll be there to call the plays for you, help you think through the plays and practice and go through. So it's a three, there's a process, there's a scoreboard, and there's a coach who's there to help you remove blind spots. And this is where process, again, re-enters the picture, right? Because accounting is a process. Absolutely. So uh, getting your numbers up to date, getting the, the uh, intra-month metrics Absolutely. on a regular basis. Absolutely. That's all process. Absolutely. And figuring out what is the leading metric. Mm-hmm. You know, let me give you an example of leading versus lagging metric. Um, I, I struggle, a lot of us struggle with keeping our weight to a reasonable level. Well, when I get up in the morning, I get on a scale and I look at the number. That's the number. There's nothing I can do. That is the number. Mm -hmm. So that's my lagging indicator. But getting towards today, it's the number of calories I take, the type of calories that I intake, and the exercise that I do are leading indicators. If I know that I will do 30 minutes every day and I limit my calories and these are the type of calories I'll eat. I know in 30 days what my weight's probably going to be. Mm-hmm. Right? I could probably predict that. Right. Versus me just waiting for the scale. Businesses have to figure out what are the two or three key metrics they need to look at during the month that we can do that. So we've got a, a, a company that, that's here in town that is uh, HVAC. Uh, we're in a heat, heat <laughs> time going on, but... They know every given day how the month is going because they're just looking at the number of HVAC installations. Mm-hmm. And we know how many installs we need. That predicts what the month's going to look like. Right. And we can, during the month, know. Now Now that I said it, it sounds quite reasonable that that's exactly what it should be. Sure. But they weren't looking at it. Wow. Right. Right. We, have a, we have a company that does garbage pickup, which during the pandemic have had many difficult times. And they also have a landfill. Well, it's the number of tons we pick up mm-hmm. that tells us how well we're going to do 
Folks, we're here chatting with Zahir Ladhani. Zahir is, uh, his firm is Velocity Strategic Consulting. Let's talk about core values, core purpose. We, we hear these values and purpose. We hear this all the time. Um, and I, sometimes it seems people pay lip service to these things, right? Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. Yes. The larger the company, and, and I don't mean to disparage, but the larger the company, the more the lip service it is, unfortunately. Mm. So how do you get beyond lip service to making these real and dynamic? So, um, so let, me, let, me, let me give you the test that I give companies, right? Um, so for, for core purposes, why do we exist? It's more than money. What, are we, what, is the, what is the reason for our, what do we do? How do we do it? And then why do we do what we do? You know, it's a great example. We use Starbucks sells coffee, but they're developing an escape for us away from our home, away from the office that we can go, we can work and be away from it all and have a $7 cup of coffee. Um, they they pr- pr- create an escape. And then there are core values of the business, three or four or five key principles on which we want to work our business. Mm. So I asked the organization first, I said, do you know your core values and purpose? Number two, are they alive in the organization or are they aspirational? And number three, are you willing to take a financial hit if these core values are not being met? And in that financial hit is, if you have an amazing employee, when I say amazing from a productivity side, but does not live up to the core values, are you willing to coach and let them out the door or are you going to keep them? And if you're keeping them, you let, you're basically saying to your employees that your core values don't mean anything. And those are the hardest people for companies to let go or coach up and let go. And we've found over and over again, John, if you make the move, your organization rises. Mm. And if you don't, it becomes a, I don't, I, I, forgive me for using it, but it's a cancer that kind of spreads in the organization and sure. it just, uh, it goes through, right? And, and to me, core values are a slippery slope. Either you live them or you don't. It can't be once in a while. And you go down the tube and then the company goes down and, and it's just, that's not the type of people you want. So here you talk tough. I mean, <laughs> you you pass out the medicine here. Um, that really, but seriously, that really does hit where it's all about. I mean, how how um, what allegiance do you have to these values and purpose that got you there to begin with? Exactly, right? yeah. exactly. And John, look today, and in the, the through the pandemic has taught a lot of us. A lot of us have started to do introspection of why do I do work? Why? What, mm-hmm. what is the purpose? And so employees are looking for an organization that have a purpose and a value system that's similar to theirs, and they want to work with, and they want to be around those people. Mm -hmm. No longer are the days of my work and my life are so separated. A lot of us are working from home. It's it's a mixture of blending, and you want your employees running to work, right? Getting up to deliver an amazing purpose. Sure. And if you keep it alive, like I gave you that HVAC there, their, their technicians are now wearing their shirts with their values. Wow. And so imagine this technician who's going to go up into an attic of 110 degrees, comes down, and, and the homeowner asks, what does that fanatical customer service mean, if that's your core value? And, and, and imagine if he answers it and says, but ma'am, 
this is what we do. Our job is to make sure you get great comfort and air. And that's mm-hmm. what my job is. Mm-hmm. Like, he'll be proud to say it. And, and then the, the, the customer will feel great too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's, let's uh, get into a little bit of, I guess, just the, how you work with clients. I mean, we, we've talked about the kind of the big picture, but um, I walk in the door and we, we have a consultation, I guess, yeah. you know, and a, a conversation for you. That's a discovery of what, what I'm, what I'm up to as a company. How does it unfold? I mean, and how do I, how do you work with companies? Sure. Sure. So first um, we're quite selective in who we take in the sense of if, as, as if you were using the example you're using, if you walk in the door, you give me a call and we talk. Mm-hmm. My first cute few things that I would be looking for is a, are you a learner? are you willing to get for yourself immersed into this process? Hmm. Because the CEO and his leadership team need to be willing, able to grow and evolve with this. If we determine that, then what we would do is meet with the full leadership team for two days. And we'd go offsite and we'd spend two days and we'll come out with what's called a one-page strategic plan. We'll come out with your values, your purpose, your three-year strategy, and your one-year and the next quarter. Hmm. And we will develop some execution rhythms with those metrics that I talked about. So we'll do a lot of it. It'll be 80% right. We won't get bogged down into nuances. We'll get 80% right and we'll start working on it. Hmm. And we'll institute what's called a meeting rhythm, a daily, weekly, and a monthly rhythm. Sounds a lot, but it's very little. Hmm. Like if, if we do, do the math, it's less than 10 hours a quarter. Wow. Is what we would ask you to do. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And then, <clears throat> sorry, 20 hours a quarter. And then the next quarter, we'll meet again for a full day and we'll tweak stuff. And we'll keep working at it that way. Mm-hmm. And we'll uncover our strategy, we'll uncover our execution, we'll uncover our people and start to move forward. We're not going to break everything and redo it. We're going to slowly chip away at doing it. Because it's, 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 it's a gold, it's a mine, and it's a mining methodology versus going in and and, and, and blowing everything up. Well, it's like a chiseling away and go through the business because you're successful anyways. We just want to make you even more successful. And the idea is to develop an amazing culture that people are, are, are looking forward to come to work. It's an engaged, happy and engaged culture and all your stakeholders are engaged into it, including mm. your employees, your customers, and, and, and your uh, owners of the organization. You know, for it occurs to me that what you're talking about is is really high stakes here uh for a company that's you say five to fifty million um when you're talking about the change in um imputed value that that company has absolutely um that the, that the table stakes here are pretty big yep <laughs> big time <laughs> yeah big time um so the return on investment with you is a pretty big <laughs> one i would think right uh um but to that end, though, I would love it, um, Zahir, if maybe you could share a success story. Uh, you don't have to mention names, of course, but um, a, a, a situation where you've, your intervention has produced some terrific results. I'll give you two key examples. Yeah, please. Um, one was early when I started coaching. When mm-hmm. I was just going through my certification, a good friend of mine called me and said, hey, what are you doing these days? And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm becoming a coach. And he said, so when you're certified, call me. And I said, no, I, I, I need practice. 
I'll do this for free. Just pay my airfare. Mm. We started working within three and a half, sorry, four years. They sold at 10x what they were purchased at. Wow. And we met the goals. Mm. He called me six months later is at another company and we started engagement with him now. Another company that came us to, at the heat of the pandemic, they came to us August of 2020. We're 3x revenue now, and we're going through, working through on a sale of the business right now. Mm. So we've revenues gone 3x through the pandemic and now. Wow. And they were at the smaller end. The first one was at the higher end. And so those are the examples I would give. Um, happy to go into details. It's, it's phenomenal. My only regret is I didn't get a piece of the pie. <laughs> <laughs> well, well you, you, maybe while you're at Kennesaw, you need to get into negotiation, right? Exactly. So, yeah, I love it. I love it. But, uh, just as, as an aside here, as we wrap up, um, I'm just thinking about those listeners out, out there that are, you know, they're a, a million, three million, four million. They, 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 they're wanting to get into your sweet spot. Give, let's give some advice to those business owners that are at they're below your minimum, but how do they get to that high seven figure area? Sure. Let's so, talk, talk to them. Yeah. Num- number one advice I give all of you out there who are running these organizations. One is look at your leadership team and figure out who are your A players, B players, C players. And when I say that, I say, look at, uh, draw, draw, draw a, a two by two chart, which is productivity on the x-axis, low to high, and core values on the y-axis, low to high. Of course, you want the A players to be the high, high, high core values, high productivity. The high core values, low productivity people are the ones you want to keep because they have the, they're right for the organization, potentially wrong roles. You want to coach them to increase their productivity. Of course, low, low. You need to move on. Don't even spend your time. I'm, 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 and unfortunately, to say you need to just cut them loose mm-hmm. and go rehire other people. Mm. The toughest ones are high productivity, low core values that we talked about earlier on. And make your decisions sooner than later. The biggest thing we found is the longer we wait, we're such human beings are in human beings. All of us are in overtly very kind, gentle people. We hate letting people go. Mm. And, and I, I don't want to sound I'm tough, and you said I'm a very tough guy. <laughs> I like people to like me, but I think we've got to say make some business decisions. But sure. we do it right for the people. And so we'll do right for them, but maybe they're in the wrong company, and the values of this company don't match the way they work. And values are hard to teach. They're innate in most human beings. And so we've got to, we've got to make them. So first thing I would do is look at that. Second is look at your cash position and look ahead. Mm. Do your cash forecasting and make sure you are ready and conserving cash. This is the time to conserve cash and be a little more, much more prudent than you normally are and start working on it and then get as much revenue as possible and get a better cash position as you are. Those are the two things I would work on today if I were a small business and working through. Wow. Great, great advice from Zahir Ladhani. Zahir, I could talk to you for a long time, but we, we've got to let you get back to uh, working with your clients um, but before we do that, let's give directions, how folks can get in touch with you if they'd like to learn more. Sure. 
Uh, I'll give you two ways. One is just give me a call. Uh, my phone number is 610-453-8461, 610-453-8461. Or in, in the, in, in the, at the end of the podcast, there will be my email and address, mm-hmm. the email address. That's a long email address. So I won't say it now, but you can easily just send us an email and we'll, we'll be happy to get in touch with you. And we'll have all sorts of links uh, on the show page, folks. So if you're uh, if you're driving, wait till you pull over, and you can you can check those out. Uh, Zahir Ladhani, folks, with Velocity Strategic Consulting. Zahir, this has been fabulous. Thanks so much for coming in. Thank you, John. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. Hey, folks, just a uh, quick reminder: if you're looking for a different team building experience. And what I mean by that is one, you know how you've been on the, those that you think you're going to get your ankle broken or a, uh, uh, an arm uh, uh, out of socket or something like that. Well, if you want something a little bit lower to the ground, uh, but fun and unique, then check out AS Culinary Concepts. ASCulinaryConcepts.com is the website Yes, they've got an award-winning culinary studio. They do corporate catering. They've got big green egg boot camps, um, which are terrific, by the way. Um, But they also do corporate team building. And they've got a terrific setup over there in the Johns Creek studio there that they run. Uh, Executive chef Andrew Traub and his folks do great work. I would encourage you to call Andrew, 678-336-9196. He can walk you through how they do it. And I think you'll be uh, glad you did that. And let him know that uh, you heard about him from us. And folks, as we wrap up the show, just wanted to let you know North Fulton Business Radio is on all the major podcast apps. If you're new new to the show, we'd love, you, love it if you would subscribe. Uh, what we would particularly love is if you would share the show. Uh, if you've heard something here that you think others would benefit, uh, share the show. Uh, At Business Radio X, we're here about celebrating business leaders like Zahir and the great work that they do. So if you could help us celebrate them and help them be found, we'd appreciate that. So for my guest, Zahir Ladhani, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.